from Largo to Seminole. This is AN Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good morning to you as we begin our post-nocturnal noesis here, known as AM Tampa Bay, with Jack Harris and Katie Bacino and James Berlander all on hand here this morning. And, of course, you can join us at any time at 800-969-9352. we got a busy morning this morning. Some good stuff here. Um, got, of course, T-Crass is going to join us later in this hour to talk about the uh, Bucks and the Dolphins. Bucks cranking up the season, although they lost 28-24. It's a preseason game. Doesn't really matter. And it gave them a chance to... Look at the backup quarterbacks, those who may be the future quarterbacks for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And meanwhile, the Rays lost 4-1 to to the Orioles. And I'm sorry, they won, but they'd lost previous two games. So it's nice to see them coming up with a... No, they won two out of three against the Orioles over the weekend, which is good. Tonight... They begin a three-game series in New York against the Yankees, and then they'll be home against the Royals after that. Uh, meanwhile, of course, it's Monday, and that means later on this morning, uh, we've got Lionel coming on board here, and it's always fascinating to find out what's on Lionel's mind. And Jay Ratliff, our day-trading expert, so a lot of stuff going on here. One of the big stories continues to be, and it looks like it's going to be for a long time, the uh, Mar-a-Lago raid. Um, senator Chuck Grassley, the Republican senator from Iowa, intends to investigate the Federal Bureau of Investigation's raid if the Republicans are able to take back the Senate this fall, which... Indications are that that's probably going to happen. And Grassley went on to say what so many people realize, that there's an FBI double standard concerning Trump in contrast to other political figures, including former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. No investigation there, in spite of all of the destroyed emails and everything. And President Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, who's engaged in all sorts of illegal or questionable activities. And you know what's really bad? I mean, well, the FBI certainly should have been more on that. Both of those didn't do anything with it. But the other thing is the mainstream media totally ignored it. They ignored the uh, Clinton and and they've ignored the Biden stuff. But now they've got Trump stuff, and they're jumping all over it, as you might figure. But anyway, um, it's going to be interesting to see how this ultimately plays out, and it's already given the FBI a very bad black eye. Um, This is really incredible. By the way, Mar-a-Lago... If you're wondering why he called his place Mar-a-Lago, that's Spanish for the sea to the lake. And Mar-a-Lago, the estate, 
is between the Atlantic Ocean and a lake down there, so that's why it's called Mar-a-Lago. Just wanted to bring you up to speed on that. Meanwhile, coming up on 510 here, we'll be hearing from Chris Strinkman in just a couple of minutes. Right now, we're going to hear from John Thomas in traffic. 7-1. Quick takes. Ripping through the biggest news stories of the day in record time. Providing you all you need to know. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And Chris Trekman here out of the newsroom. And what's going on this morning, Chris? Well, Jack, there's been an FBI bulletin sent out to law enforcement warning about potential violence against federal agents after the search of Donald Trump's home in South Florida at Mar-a-Lago. The bureau issuing the Joint Intelligence Bulletin describing an unprecedented number of threats posed at government officials. And it's occurring primarily online and other platforms and some were specific in identifying proposed targets and tactics as well as weaponry. And apparently several of the agents have been named in particular. And there are concerns that, you know, when you put addresses and things of that nature out there, their lives could be in danger. Oh, yeah. And, of course, up in Columbus, we had the gunman who got in a shootout and he was killed. But he was trying to get in the FBI Cincinnati office. Uh, apparently, he went on social media and called for federal agents to be killed on sight. Yeah. And uh, this guy's a raving lunatic. Of course, he's dead now as well he should be. Yeah, that didn't but, work out so well, Jack. He showed up with a high-powered weapon, didn't get inside the facility, and then he was chased uh, for several miles before he was uh, taken out yeah. on the side of the road outside of the area there. This is scary when you get that kind of a reaction to this thing, but let's hope that's it and there's no more of that. I mean, uh, we were saying earlier, the FBI is taking it on the chin pretty much because of this, and it's going to be difficult for them to recover from it. But again, the agents themselves are great guys. They do phenomenal work. Their problem, it seems to be, is at the top where they seem to have gotten a little bit involved in politics now. Yeah, you can't blame the agents for following their orders and investigating a specific case. You know, that's their job. And so they were sent down. And unfortunately, the ones who got sent down there are uh, being blamed for something, like you said, is not uh, not their decision. Right. Well, former President Trump is calling on the FBI to return documents that he says were protected by attorney, client, and executive privilege that were taken from Mar-a-Lago by the FBI. Trump went on his uh, social media platform, Truth Social, on Sunday to respectfully request that they return those documents to his residence. And Fox reported over the weekend there were five boxes that were taken from Mar-a-Lago that supposedly contained those documents. Yeah, this is going to end up in court for a long time. Uh, and understandably, it should. And you just wonder, how long is this thing going to go on? But it's going to go on for a long, long time. The question is, what's in those boxes, Jack? I mean, I remember they were talking about how the agents came and seized the boxes but didn't search the boxes at that time. So I guess the question is, what is important to national security and what may have been some kind of private document for President Trump? And I suppose they'll find that out as they go through all that in in some office somewhere but they definitely didn't search those when the actual uh warrant was being executed last week 
Yeah, they even went in and took a bunch of Melania's stuff. You wonder what would she have had? Hmm. That's I a good question. Got some lipstick and rouge. Maybe that jacket with the, the thing that said she didn't care anymore on the back. <laughs> so you might notice uh, a change on the Howard Franklin this week. And in fact, by this time tomorrow, Jack, they should be all done with this. But this is going to be an issue starting tonight. There's going to be some new signage installed uh, on the I-275 bridge south. This goes from Tampa to St. Pete, of course. The closure starts at 11 o'clock. So if you're planning on heading down I-275, you're going to be in for a detour because you're not going to be able to get across the bridge. Yeah, you're going to have to go all the way to Gandhi or up to Oldsmar. That's right. Or uh, if you know about it in advance, just take to 75 and just go all the way around, depending on how far south you go. If you have to go into into St. Pete itself, you're right. The Gandhi Bridge is probably your best bet, although, you know, you could go across the causeway, I guess. I'm not sure. It's not a oh yeah. It's not a great option either way. Maybe you can yeah. take the ferry. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's the way to go. I don't know if it's going to be operating then, but Clearwater can whip those gondolas over there. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so this will be going on overnight, and by the time we get back on the air tomorrow morning, they should be done with that, and uh, the lanes will be reopened. But it's definitely an inconvenience because. Anytime you lose one of those bridges, that cuts off a major pathway. That is going to be great, though, when they finish it. Yeah. I mean, what plans they have for that. And I assume they're going to do it for the northbound lanes after they finish the southbound. Yeah, that's right. Well, I, you know, they, they have a lot of work to do if you see the aerial shots of the uh, work on the Howard Franklin. I mean, they're basically re redoing the whole bridge. But remember, Jack, they're going to be putting in those special lanes for uh, tolls, so... You know, if you want the fast track across the bridge, you're going to have to pay up. To do the toll, just like on the Veterans yep. Expressway, the Lexus lanes. So yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, get your your Sun Pass ready, <laughs> so it'll be ready to charge up because <laughs> it's going to cost some extra to do that. But that's a ways off, Jack. This is just a, a project that'll yeah, take it's place take overnight. Take a few years. Yeah, this is just a, a signage issue, and it'll uh, it'll affect things just for hopefully tomorrow night into 5 a.m. and then after that. So the uh, Bucks came up short without Tom Brady. I guess we can expect, uh, you know, things to be a little bit different when he's not behind the uh, behind the center. But you know what? It's still preseason and doesn't matter at all, right? Oh, I know. Not a bit. And the good thing about it is they got to check out the backup quarterbacks, whoever yeah. might be replacing Brady next year. Nice to see some points scored too, you know. Yeah. Both teams scored and it wasn't it wasn't bad for a preseason game. I just like it when the Bucks beat the Dolphins, you know, in, oh, yeah. in any in any regular or preseason. Even if it doesn't matter. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it doesn't matter. So unfortunately they came up short. But I, I thought overall, you know, if you if you actually watched the preseason game, that was one of the better ones to watch. Yes, indeed. Well, Chris will have more coming up here in nine minutes, the bottom of the hour. 521, time to check out traffic with John Thomas. Now, taking a look back at this day in history on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And our today in history is for August 15th, and it's presented by the Duncan Duo. In 1519, Panama City, Panama is founded. 1824, the Marquis de Lafayette, the last surviving French general in the American Revolutionary War, arrived in New York and began a tour of 24 states. 1843, the Cathedral of Our Lady of Peace in Honolulu 
is dedicated. Now the Cathedral of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Honolulu is the oldest Roman Catholic cathedral in continuous use in the U.S. 1907, the ordination in Constantinople of Friar Raphael Morgan, the first African-American Orthodox priest. In 1914, a servant of American architect Frank Lloyd Wright sets fire to the living quarters of Wright's Wisconsin home and murders seven people there. 1914, the Panama Canal opens to traffic with the transit of the cargo ship, the SS Ancon. 1914, World War uh, I, the beginning of the Battle of Sur, the first Allied victory of that war. 1915, a story in New York World newspaper reveals that the Imperial German government had purchased excess phenol from Thomas Edison that could be used to make explosives for the war effort, and they diverted it to Bayer for aspirin production, Bayer aspirins. 1935, Will Rogers and Wiley Post are killed after the aircraft develops engine problems during takeoff in Barrow, Alaska. 1939, The Wizard of Oz premieres at Grauman's Chinese Theater in L.A. World War II, Operation Dragoon, Allied forces land in southern France. 1945, Hirohito surrenders the surrender broadcast following effective surrender of Japan in World War II. 1947, India gains independence from British rule after nearly 190 years. In 1948, the First Republic of Korea, South Korea, is established in the southern half of the peninsula. Of course, that led to the Korean War. 1965, the Beatles played to nearly 60,000 fans at Shea Stadium in New York City, an event later regarded as the birth of Stadium Rock. 1969, the Woodstock Music and Art Fair opens in Bethel, New York, featuring some of the top rock musicians of the era at Woodstock. 1970, Patricia's, Patricia Palinkas becomes the first woman to play professionally in an American football game. From Orlando, played for Orlando, by the way. 1971, President Richard Nixon completes the break from the gold standard by ending convertibility of the U.S. dollar into gold by foreign investors. 1973, the Vietnam War, the USA Air Force bombing of Cambodia ends. 1977, the Big Ear, a radio telescope operated by Ohio State as part of the SETI project, got a radio signal from deep space. The event is named the WOW signal from the notation made by a volunteer. 1995 in South Carolina, Shannon Faulkner becomes the first female cadet uh, matriculated at the Citadel. She dropped out less than a week later. 1998, Apple introduces the iMac computer. In 2020, Russia begins production 
on the Sputnik V COVID-19 vaccine. In 1907, bus service begins between Tampa and Tarpon Springs. And finally, this is from yesterday, August 14, 1976, the Buccaneers won their first preseason game in the Gator Bowl against the Atlanta Falcons. Of course, they went on to lose 24 regular season games and set an NFL record. And that is our Today in History presented by the Duncan Duo. Get your career booming and be a part of the number one real estate team in Florida. Join DuncanDuo.com. It's 529 on AM Tampa Bay. Keeping you up on what's trending. Here's the AM Tampa Bay trendsetter, Katie Bacino. And Katie, at 539, what do we have trending this morning? Well, a few national days to celebrate, of course. National Lemon Meringue Pie Day. Hmm. Not my favorite kind of pie. It's my mom's favorite, but I don't don't like meringue on my pie. I'm not into meringue either. Or lemon. Yeah. Well, I like the lemon pie okay. I just don't like the meringue on it. I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, it's a big thing. People love it, but I just can't get myself to like it. I'm not a fan, but that's okay. There's there's better pies out there for me. National Relaxation Day also, so good day mm, to... I can dig that. Yeah, kick back and do a whole lot of nothing today. <laughs> <laughs> there's this Oregon couple who's gone viral, so they woke up and found their scratch-off ticket that they had bought torn into pieces by their two dogs, and the husband joked and was like, it for sure has to be a winner, so they just took a shot, you know, and they gathered all the pieces and sent it to the Oregon Lottery, and they were able to check the $3 ticket. I guess the people at the lottery place had nothing better to do, so they put it together, and it was an $8 winner, so they did profit $5, so, I mean, the guy was right. It was, in fact, a winner. A $5 winner for a $3 ticket. That's funny. My mom found her Mega Millions ticket that she had bought back when it was really high, and uh, or Powerball, whatever it was, and she scanned it over the weekend, and it was like a $10 winner. I was like, hey, go. good for you. Oh, that's great. Yeah. A lot of people forget to check them. Just because you don't win the millions doesn't mean you're not a winner. Well, yeah. that's true. Yeah, I always take it by ultimately to Publix or someplace and check it up there. Is this got anything in it? Nah, boom, boom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, usually, unfortunately, you're not a winner, but it's always good to check. Yep, for sure. It's 541 on AM Tampa Bay, and John Thomas is now going to look into the asphalt jungle. For the Moss Nissan Traffic Center, we have an accident. The left lane's blocked I-4 eastbound at Branch Forbes Road and then in Pinellas Park. We have an accident, 49th Street and 94th Avenue. This traffic report is sponsored by Indeed.com. Dog days of summer got your business needing help. Check out Indeed, an all-in-one hiring solution that makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates. Visit Indeed.com credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. John Thomas, News Radio, WFLA. Jack, Katie, and James, every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio, WFLA. And joining us now is Tom Krasnicki, known as T Crash in the Ronnie and T Crash show, down the hall at 95.3 WDAE. And big sports weekend here. It's great to see football, even when you lose in preseason. Well, just the preseason, Jack. Good morning. Yeah. Good to talk to you. And, yeah, the Buccaneers sat just about every important player that they had, which I agreed. You know, Todd Bowles is one of, 
you know, risk any more injury after what happened to Ryan Jensen. We know Tom Brady's going to be away for the team for at least another week. So he wanted to get a long look at some of the quarterbacks. Blaine Gabbert was outstanding. I mean, he is the backup quarterback locked in, no question about it. I thought he looked good. And contrast, the kid out of Florida, second-year player, some good, some bad. He certainly was better on Saturday night than I had seen out of him throughout training camp. Yeah, that was the good thing about Brady not being there. It gave him a chance to look at potential replacements for Brady when he does retire. Yeah, look, the Bucks are going to have a major decision there, and something tells me I think the starting quarterback for the Bucks in 2023 is not currently on this team right now. That's just my gut feeling. This is not to say that Kyle Trask is not going to be the guy. The Bucks want to take a long look at him this preseason with the hope that maybe he could be the guy. But I think push comes to shove, the starting quarterback for this team may very well not be on this roster right now. But that's next year. I mean, the Bucks right now, we're all in this year. You saw some encouraging signs. Their wide receivers really stepped up in a big way. Tyler Johnson had another big game on Saturday night, I believe. And I've said this throughout the entire preseason and training camp that the Bucks are showcasing him for a trade because they have so much depth at wide receiver. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see what they come up with there. Maybe a great new quarterback. <laughs> well, I'm not sure if they can get one for a guy like Tyler Johnson, but you're looking for draft pick compensation, you know, in next year's draft or the year after. I mean, that's what the that's what they'll be looking for because this team's got really good depth, really quality roster, inside linebacker. I think they could use another veteran there, perhaps. But this team is locked and loaded and ready to go. Just got to wait and see what happens when Brady gets back. So who do we have next and when? They go to Tennessee this week, Jack, against the Titans. They're going to go up there and they're going to practice against them, much like they did against the Dolphins here. So there'll be two joint practices in Tennessee, and then they'll play on Saturday night. All right. And the Rays came up with a victory over the Orioles 4-1, to and they take two out of three. They did. They looked lousy on Friday night. They came back on Saturday. And then yesterday, Jack... So close to seeing history. Drew Rasmussen had a perfect game going into the ninth inning. And I think I tweeted at the time, I'm surprised the Rays let him, you know, go for it because they've been prone to pulling guys when they've got something going. But I'm glad the Rays let him at least try for the perfect game. Unfortunately, the first pitch of the ninth inning, the guy doubles down the left field line and it ends the perfect game. Uh, bid by Drew Rasmussen, who was just phenomenal yesterday. And that was big for the Rays to take two out of three because Baltimore had been surging a bit. And now the Rays, you know, uh, hopefully they can take control of that last playoff spot. Yeah, and that game really incredible to get an eight innings worth of a perfect game, even though he didn't get the whole thing, but which is important for the sake of history and everything. But it just is pretty neat that he could get eight perfect innings. Just incredible. I mean, he was so close to doing that, and that would have been great for him. And that's a great story because Drew Rasmussen's a guy who had two Tommy John surgeries several years ago. So that's why I was a little skeptical uh, as to him trying to finish that game. But, look, the Rays let him go for it. He gave up that double. They took him out right after that, and they were able to win the game, which is the most important thing. And now... They go up to face the Yankees for a three-game set. The Yankees, Jack, are struggling mightily over the last six weeks or so. Yeah, they have been. And let's hope we can take that series up here or up there. And then, of course, we're back here against the Royals. But uh, tonight, tomorrow night, and 
Thursday or two, Wednesday night are the big ones with the Yankees. Or four. I think we got four up there. Three. It's it's three. three up there against the Yankees. Yep. Okay. Well, you'll hear T. Crash or Tom Krasnicki with the Ronnie and T. Crash show on 95.3 WDAE, also AM 620. Thank you. Thanks, Jack. Have a great day, buddy. Appreciate it, T. Crash. Yep. It's 5.50 on AM Tampa Bay. Time to check out traffic with John Thomas. On air and online at WFLANews.com. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 5.53 on AM Tampa Bay. By the way, early voting is now uh, underway all across the Tampa Bay area. Uh, Saturday was the first day of early voting for seven counties around the Bay Area. And it started in Citrus, DeSoto, Hardy, Highlands, and Hillsborough earlier in the week. But we'll talk to you about that a little later. But if you want to vote early, this is the time to do it. Right now, we got Rory O'Neill, our NBC News radio reporter. And he's brought to you by the Oncology Institute. And, Rory, there's a nationwide teacher shortage. And uh, schools are really scrambling try to find people as far as teachers and even staff uh school nurses or another area where they really have a shortage of people you know some florida school districts i think osceola county uh they're going to bring in 140 teachers from south american countries to try to fill the gap and we heard governor DeSantis say last week that uh he's extending uh he'll, he'll let veterans who may not even have a college degree but are pursuing it and have at least four years in the military, allow veterans uh, to be teachers in the classroom as another option to try to fill all these vacancies out there. Well, I hope teachers from South America can speak English. Well, the, this is for Osceola County, so I think the fact that they can speak Spanish is a benefit. Um, <laughs> hopefully they're bilingual, of course, but I think they yeah. teach to speak with a lot of the, the, the students there in uh, Osceola, which is, has a heavy Puerto Rican population. Yeah, they do have a good population of Puerto Ricans, but uh, that is amazing. It's kind of neat thing for uh, veterans to be able to teach, even if they aren't totally qualified. I mean, you couldn't get better people to do the job. Right, but you know, look, it, it's a struggle uh, to get to, you know, just like any company in the country right now is having a tough time getting employees. Uh, school districts are getting desperate. You go to Des Moines, Iowa. There's a $50,000 incentive for teachers, nurses, and administrators who are close to retirement but decide to stay through the next school year. Fifty grand. Uh, in Dallas, they're paying $100 million more for extra salaries and retention bonuses to keep people around. And, uh, you know, all these different kinds of things are being done uh, to try to, to, to keep teachers on the payroll or to bring them in. You know, one interesting thing, in the 1970s, we used to have about 200,000 new teachers enter each year, graduate from college, and be ready to teach in the 1970s. 200,000. That's now down to 90,000 a year. So it's a big mm. drop-off. Is it because people aren't going into the teaching profession? I mean, aren't learning it? Uh, right. Uh, I, well, first of all, I'd say it's because women have more opportunities than they did. I think, you know, 50 years ago, it was you assumed they became a nurse or a teacher, right? Uh, but now they have more opportunities than ever before. 
Also, it's the, the job isn't as attractive. Uh, some teachers have said they don't feel as safe in their classrooms. They don't feel respected by students or their parents. Uh, and they talk about the political minefields now in classrooms. You know, say one thing out of line and suddenly you're facing a lawsuit by somebody. So it's tough to be a teacher. Yeah, today some of them become morning show producers and on-air personalities. <laughs> like our little Katie in here. <laughs> Heavens to Murgatroyd, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rory, thank you. And on Twitter, you'll find him at Radio Rory. And we'll talk to you later. Thanks, Jack. This report brought to you by the Oncology Institute, a new kind of cancer care provider focused on clinical outcome, patient satisfaction, and designing a treatment plan that's right for you. Six locations in the Bay Area. Make an appointment at the oncologyinstitute.com. It's 557 on AM Tampa Bay. Bloomberg Radio. From Palm Harbor to Valrico, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good morning and welcome to our foray into the field of facts, figures, and falderall here with Jack Harris and Katie Bacino and James Verlander. And our number, if you want to get on board here, 800-969-9352. It's seven minutes after six. We got some birthdays to celebrate today. Uh, Pam Blankenship, Jason Manicki, a former Buccaneer, John Thomas, and that's not our John Thomas, but another one. Uh, Jason Woody, who was with the Rough Riders, and Ann Duncan. So, do you all have any birthdays? I do. Billy Byers, Kyle Fateau, and Tony Hest. And. Hey. And for me, I've got Doug Hensel, a.k.a. DJ Fresh, who works over at uh, HSN. All right. So happy birthday to all of them here. Yep. And now we got some jokes. Woo! Uh, There was a man and woman who'd been married for more than 60 years. They talked about everything. They kept no secrets from each other, except that the old woman had a shoebox at the top of her closet that she cautioned her husband never to open it or ask her about it. And for all these years, he had never thought about the box. But one day, the little old woman got very sick, and the doctor said she would never recover. And in trying to sort out their affairs, the little old man took down the shoebox and took it to his wife's bedside. And she agreed it was time that he should know what was in the box. And when he opened it, he found two beautifully crocheted doilies and a stack of money totaling over $25,000. And he asked her about the unusual contents, and she said, Well, when we were married, my grandmother told me the secret of a happy marriage was never to argue. And she told me that if I ever got angry with you, I should just keep quiet and crochet a doily. And the little old man was so moved, he had to fight back tears. Only two precious doilies were in the box. And she'd only been angry with him two times in all those years of living and loving, apparently. And he almost burst into tears with joy and happiness. Sweetheart, he said, that explains the doilies, but what about all this money? Where'd that come from?
Oh, she said, that's the money I made from selling the doilies. <laughs> have you all got anything better? I have a quick little joke here. What's red and moves up and down? What's red and moves up and down? A tomato in an elevator. Oh. <laughs> a tomato in an elevator. Uh. And for me, I just want to say eBay is so useless. I tried to look up letters, and all they had was 13,749 matches. <laughs> what, what did you try to look up? Lighters. Lighters? Yep, lighters. You know, flick, flick, fire. <laughs> also, uh, do you want to hear two short jokes and a long joke? Yeah. All right, joke, joke, joke. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are doing okay in there with that stuff. I don't know what, why we do this stuff. <laughs> well, I got a... I got some more for tomorrow and the next day from, let's see, Ben Ritter and Wayne Greenberg and, uh, and, oh, yeah, I got a bunch for coming days. So beware, you might want to tune out at this point. It's 611 on AM Tampa Bay. Time to check out traffic with John Thomas. 7 1. In the darkest times, he is a beacon of hope. When common sense is needed in a mad world, a voice for Americans, a voice for America. This is Lionel on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And it's why we love Mondays, because we get to hear from Lionel. And what's on your mind this morning, Lionel? First thing I want to tell you, Mr. Harris, whether you like it or not, I've been paying particular attention to your progress regarding the various, shall we say, the metrics that are kept pursuant to your industry to judge um, uh, performance greatness. And my friend, you are doing splendidly. So I'd like to take full and complete credit for all of that. So thank you very much. And by the <laughs> way, we're out of time. Thank you. And tune in next week for more of Jack Harris and his new book, I'm Out of Time. Jack, let's get down to brass tacks. Number one, you know, I know, we all know that. The raid, Mar-a-Lago, the FBI panty raid, was wrong, <laughs> right? We all know this. We know it. We know it. Everybody on every TV, oh, my God, you watch Fox News, you got everybody, you got the cleaning lady. And as far as I'm concerned, yes, 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 yes. It's extreme, yes. It's, everybody knows this. Am I, am I fair to say that? Nobody's really scratching their head anymore. Nobody's saying, wow, do you think maybe it was excessive? I think we all know that. But here's what you should be listening for, Jack. Nothing. What is the Republican Party doing? Nothing. What's the GOP saying? Nothing. Oh, they'll say a few things. They'll go on Fox News. See, they think Republicans think going on Fox News and doing a bit, doing a John Kennedy little, you know, Ernie Lee moment, that somehow this is great, that this means something, that this is like, oh, look at me. I, look, I got a tweet. Senator Harris, what did you do? Well, I have a tweet. I know you tweeted, but what did you do? What have you done? Are you standing in front of the Justice Department? Are you are you having pick? Are you kidding, Jack? Can you imagine somebody going and having a march in Washington today? Would you, in your right mind, join citizens and say, you know what? We're going to move. We're, we're going to go to Washington. We're all going to. No, probably not. No, we don't want to do that because they put the word out. Don't do that. If you do, there's a cell with your name on it in some D.C. gulag basement. <laughs> <clears throat> but, Jack, where are the lawyers? 
Where are the law professors? Where are the retired FBI agents? I mean, not one or two, you know, itching to get a weekend gig on Fox, but where is the outrage from people? Nowhere. You know what's going to happen with this? Nothing. Nothing. Merrick Garland is going to wish to God he never put his name, he never stood up and said, by the way, doesn't Merrick Garland sound like he's in a hostage video? Doesn't he sound like somebody who's got a... Remember the old movies where the, the cops come to your house and they open the door and the, and the woman has the chain in the door and the escape the escape killer is behind her and she's trying to give like eye signals to the cop like, behind me, the guy's behind me. Is everything okay, ma'am? Yes. And she's kind of jerking her head. That's Merrick Garland. He's like saying, help me. Help me. I don't believe what I... I don't even believe what I'm saying. But, Jack, nothing's going to be done. Nobody does anything. This will be another example of, oh, there you go. What are you going to do? See, nobody says we're just frozen in fear. Have you noticed this new spate of people being attacked? Lee Zeldin in New York, Salman Rushdie. You think they're going to make a connection between Salman Rushdie and Iran? You think? Is anybody saying anything? No. And that's where we are. We are the United States of paralysis. Nothing's going to happen. They're going, they're going to indict Trump for something. And you know what people will do when that happens? Nothing. Nothing. I mean, Mark Levin, bless his heart, but I don't think that's exactly the firepower I'm talking about. Jack, let me say this again. We are sitting back, we are like in a prison, complaining about the quality of the food, and nobody in the real world is listening. Nobody hears us. We're just complaining for no, nothing is happening. They have not stopped since June the 16th, 2015, when Trump walked, uh, came down that escalator, the Trump Tower, on 57th and 5th Avenue here in New York City, he has been under a gulag, under the most I- incredible, unconstitutional scrutiny, and nobody's done anything. Nothing. In fact, it's favorable. It's preferred. People love it. Trump derangement syndrome. So let me just say this again, Jack, because I know we're out of time. By the way, congratulations yet again. And you know what I'm talking about, Jack. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but the thing that I find fascinating is that nobody does anything. Where, where, where is the outrage other than, again, Fox News or some, some conservative? Nothing. It, nobody in the street cares about it. If you go to West Tampa, if you go to any of the great restaurants of Vietnam, nobody. I mean, they might be talking about it, but there's no outrage. Now, Jack, remember during the days of Vietnam or Martin Luther King, COINTELPRO, people showed a rage against the FBI, a rage against what they were doing to Martin Luther King. There was, a, there was this, this anger. Not anymore. Nothing. Complacency. Torpor. Complete ennui and nonchalance. Talk and there true. you have it, Jack. That is Jack, I want to thank true. you so much for allowing me. By the way, catch me on uh, the YouTube at Lionel Nation, also on Twitter at Lionel Media. Oh, you're going to love that. LionelMedia.com. Yeah, you're going to love that. Jack, on behalf of everybody in and out of the service, thank you not for what you do, Jack, but for what you appear to do. And by the <laughs> way, so far, the official tally for Jack Harris vacations this year, here to four, year to date, 3,254 days. Excellent. <laughs> Well, thank you, Lionel, and you make us look forward to Mondays. <laughs> Indeed. Have a good day. Have a good week. Ta-ta. You too, Lionel. It's 621 on AM Tampa Bay, and time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. The latest headlines, weather, and traffic every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 625. And we're joined now by Aaron Real, the NBC News radio reporter. 
And Aaron, with the midterm elections approaching, misinformation is all over social media, and particularly TikTok. Um, what all is going on here anyway? Yes. So this is a big deal. So ahead of the midterm elections this fall, TikTok, it's really shaping up to be the primary incubator of baseless and misleading info, kind of in the same way that Facebook and Twitter were and are. And this is according to researchers who really track online falsehoods. So some quick stats. TikTok has a billion active users in 154 countries, one of the most popular social media platforms as of 2022. In the U.S., it has about 80 million monthly active users. And today, those American users, they spend an average of 82 minutes a day on the platform. That's three times more than Snapchat or Twitter and twice as long as Instagram or Facebook. So they're spending a ton of time there. And basically, the same quality that allows TikTok to fuel these viral dance fads or cooking or whatever it fuels, it, it also helps propel these short-length videos about political content. It's powerful, but it's a poorly understood recommendation algorithm. And that's really the same stuff that's moving misinformation when it comes to politics to the forefront of its users. And also, it's owned by Chinese tech giant ByteDance. So it faces a lot of doubts in Washington about whether it's business decisions about its data, about its moderation, if they are influenced by Beijing. You know, you just wonder about what was it like a couple of decades ago when we didn't have any of this social media. It's true. It's true. The The landscape has changed dramatically. And, and it's the virality of this is what's really, really incredible. The amount of people you can reach. And it's not coming from one specific source as it would decades ago in order to penetrate a large amount of people. It's coming from, you know, this dispersed, diaspora of, of political commentary. And that's why I think when you're reading anything that has sort of a contentious bent to it, whether it's Stop the Steal or COVID or anything that has, you know, differing sides, you should just always proceed with a very skeptical eye um, and, and check sources. It's hard to do so on something like TikTok by design, but, but you know, really checking where the source is coming from is important. Now, the company says that they're they're committed to combating this false in information. In the second half of 2020, they removed 350,000 videos on misinformation and media manipulation. But it's like whack-a-mole. For every video they remove, another one pops up. Mm. And it ain't going to end. It's going to get worse. But thank this you for true. joining us this morning, Aaron. Thank you. Have a great day. Aaron Real, our NBC News radio reporter, and it's 628 on AM Tampa Bay. Let's hear about the dopiest dope of all the dopes of the day on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 637, who's our dope of the day, Katie? So I actually had two different listeners send in this story over the weekend and say that I need to use it for dope of the day. So needless to say... I have to go with this story. So 24-year-old Antoine Sims called police in Georgia, called 911, because his fries were cold at McDonald's. He says him and his fiance had ordered food, but they weren't given a receipt because of a machine problem, so they didn't know their order number when it was called. And when they finally made it up there, he said that his food was cold, and they got into an argument with the manager, who also called 911, and it just spiraled the guy you know, you can't call 911 for cold fries. And he asked for new fries. McDonald's said no. The crazy thing about this was 
the guy, Antoine Smith, the 24-year-old who called 911, was a murder suspect with an outstanding warrant. So probably not the best thing to do. He and a few other people were accused of setting fire to a car with a woman's body inside during a botched drug deal in 2018. So absolutely insane. I mean, you know that you're a wanted person. So why are you going to call 911 for cold fries? How do you think that's going to end? It ended in handcuffs like he ended up going on a it was it was an absolutely insane story. It led to a police chase. He took off. They had to taser him. It was it was a mess. And you wonder why he is on the street anyway. Right? He had an ankle bracelet on. He was on probation. Like, why Why is he not locked up? Oh, I know. So Let's hope he will be for good this time. I hope so. Hey, we had something else we were going to talk about here, James. The dope. We were going to, talk, we were going to switch from dope of the day to actual dope. Yeah, I was curious, Jack. When's the last time you were high? Oh, that's right. Uh, it's been many, many years, decades. See, now weed, I think, has changed. Like from, from way back in the day, it wasn't that potent. Now it's crazy potent. And I think, I think it turns people dumb nowadays. So that's why, I don't know. I'm, we were talking off the air about it being legalized recreationally. I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. My What's old, your take? My old buddy Ted Webb, Teddy was the one that introduced me to it and got me on it the one time. I mean, I, yeah. Tried a couple times during about a week there, and then I thought, eh, I'll stick with my beer. Gotcha. See, I'm, I'm just worried people are going to drive slower. They're going to talk slower. It's like, come on, get to the point already. Yeah, I know a couple <laughs> people that, that smoke uh, every single day, and they're like, they, they take forever to get to the point. So anyway, I know Katie has launched a Twitter poll if she wants to tell people how to get to it. Yes, you can vote on it. Just whether or not you want it to be made recreational, legal, recreational. Legally, you know what? Legally <laughs> recreationalized. Have you been smoking this morning, Katie? Right? You would think so. Recreationally legal. Recreationally legal. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out in my head. It wasn't making sense to me. Uh, WFLA News on Twitter. WFL, at WFLA News? At WFLA News. If you just type in WFLA News, we'll pop up. But I pinged it right to the top. Did it pin? So it's right at the top of our Twitter feed. Yep, and we want to... Get your vote on this. Will you vote in favor of it come 2024 when it's on the ballot? <laughs> so far, it is 46% yes and 54% no. Mm, I didn't even vote yet. So pretty close. I think I'm voting, well, I don't know, for it or again. Well, you, you said that you're for it. So I, I think mean, I'm for yeah. it, yeah. I'm voting for it just for the amount of money it would bring into the state. Well, the that's taxes true. on taxes marijuana. Oh, yeah, would you be tremendous. So and much it would money. put it would put illegal drug dealers out of business. That's kind true. of to a degree, or at least though. the ones handling marijuana. Yeah. Well, that's good. We got Jay Ratliff coming up next here, and it's six forty-one on AM Tampa Bay. And now here's John Thomas with traffic. Monitoring every tick of the market. Here's Jay Ratliff, day trading expert on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 645, Jay Ratliff on board here from daytradefund.com. And uh, Jay, of course, the big problem now, prices are still roaring upward here. And how's the stock market reacting to that? Well, you know, the, the market continues to... to pull up we had a, our fourth best uh, our fourth consecutive game uh, of a week uh, for the dow last week uh, jack that streak continues 
And uh, this morning, the Dow futures are down just a bit, 144 points. But we've had a solid run over the last month. And some of this has to do with the, uh, I, I guess, the word coming out of Washington, D.C. and other places on how the inflation concerns for this summer are going to be softer than what we thought. It's not going to be quite as bad. And, of course, I obviously don't agree with that narrative at all because we're seeing families impacted from one degree to another. If it's the cost of eggs, if it's fuel prices, if it's energy costs, uh, all continue to soar. And, of course, this is the same group last year that tried to tell us not to worry about inflation this year at all because it was going to be transitory, temporary, nothing to worry about at all. And, of course, it's proven to be anything but as we battled it this year and continue to do so as of now. Yeah, at least gas prices are slowly coming down. Yes. And, uh, well, and yeah. I was going to say, I just wish that we would see uh, you know some relaxation from the administration on the ability to generate more of this uh, fuel on our own so that yeah. we're not as uh, dependent on other countries. Of course, you and I both know that's not going to happen with this administration. Uh, it's really unfortunate because I don't think we needed any clear of a reminder of just how bad it is when we're dependent on other countries than what we've seen. But uh, it wasn't the wake-up call that a lot of people really needed for us to understand that, you know, those policies have to change. Yeah, and the economy is one reason a lot of political experts are saying that GOP is going to pretty much take over in uh, 22 and even in 24. It could be, of course, you know, 24 is such a long way away from a political standpoint, but Jack, certainly the midterms are, are looking that way. And when you see the, the uh, discussions with regards to trying to downplay inflation, I think one of the other things that, that uh, is in the back that's looming right now is China's economy is really slowing down. And then when you see that happening with uh, that huge of an economy, it's obvious that the problems that we're seeing in the United States are not just isolated here. Uh, we're having these same sort of issues around the world. And as the global economy starts to slow just a bit, uh, that's certainly going to impact us here in the United States as well, in addition to the problems that we have. And, of course, we're expecting to see the Fed minutes coming out later this week, I believe Wednesday afternoon. It's going to be from their, their most recent meeting. And, Jack, I can tell you investors are really going to be keying in on that to see what some of the notes were with regards to the Fed's thoughts on the strength or lack thereof of our nation's economy and some of the inflationary uh, thoughts as well. Uh, so I'll certainly keep an eye on that uh, Wednesday afternoon because it's going to be interesting to see. But all of these things are things that are certainly going to uh, cause the, the economy uh, to throttle back just a bit. And, of course, will Wall Street catch up with Main Street? We'll have to wait and see on that because right now, uh, they are clearly going in opposite directions. What about recession? But it, it, you know, I think we're going to have to have a, the the benefit of a little bit of time to look back and see exactly uh, how much of a recession that we were looking at. Of course, back to back negative uh, GDP quarters is the definition that most people look at as a recessionary time, and uh, there's still a lot of people that are pushing back against that, saying no. We've got strong job reports. We've got decreased inflation. So that temporary data now is suggesting that eh, the recession wasn't really what we thought it was going to be. Of course, if things worsen over the course of the next month or two, I think it's going to be very clear that that's what we're in and very clear that it could take some time for us to get out of it. 
Well, let's hope things get better here for sure, regardless of elections. And, Jay, we'll talk to you again on uh, Thursday. Jack, I'm looking forward to it, sir. All right. And before you do any investing, you want to get in on daytradefun.com. It's 650 on AM Tampa Bay. And here's John Thomas with our traffic. Live on 94.5 FM in Pinellas County, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 6.54 on AM Tampa Bay. By the way, we want to get to work at some point here on trying to get something done about naming a street Webb's Way and then secondly, getting our Walk of Fame because we've got so many famous people from the Tampa Bay area that deserve to be recognized. In fact, what we would like for you to do is send us texts on who you think should be on the Walk of Fame. And again, it's not somebody like Ted Webb or somebody from here. It has to be somebody known nationally. Um, but... You can text us at 82945 and begin your text with WFLA, and we'll read these on the air as we go through the week. But name people from the Bay Area or with connections to the Bay Area that should be in the Walk of Fame. Um, and we'd like to hear from you on that. So, again, please get that done. By the way, here's something that's pretty neat I think and that is um, golf carts are now going to be seen in Tampa they say major improvements have been made in Tampa and the roadways are safer for people to walk and bike and get around and they say they welcome all alternatives to car traffic so they're going to make golf carts legal you can rent a gas-powered golf cart down in Channelside now. Oh, wow. So Tampa has a streetcar and scooters and e-bikes, and um, that's pretty neat. These are, well, they've got a fleet of eight golf carts that each seat four people, and drivers have to be at least 25 years old with a valid license, and the carts max out at 25 miles an hour. And you've got a blinker and a horn and mirrors and seat belts. And seat belts are required just as they are in automobiles. But that's going to be kind of neat. I mean, they got them in places like Sun City and the Villages and a lot of other places. Yeah, you I speak. see them all the time down in Sun City Center. Especially Walmart has their own golf cart parking, which is incredible. Oh, yeah. I thought it was weird when I had first moved down. Like, what what's going on here? That would be a great thing for them to have in St. Pete as well. Maybe you can get them to take it up. Of course, I like what they're doing in Clearwater, the the uh, gondolas. Yeah. <laughs> ah, gondolas might be the transportation of the future in the Bay Area. Well, we will see you tomorrow morning at 5 on AM Tampa Bay. Live it up.